I'm Evan Knappen, and welcome to Gun Lawyer. I try to do these shows to help protect fellow gun owners. And I was thinking about that issue just generally, and I realized here's a show that I really, really need to do. And what we're going to do today is the top 10 ways that you can get in trouble with your gun. We're doing the top 10 of how to get in trouble with your gun. And this is based on over 30 years of experience that I've had as an attorney practicing gun law and the actual ways that I've seen people get into trouble where they're now facing criminal charges, loss of their Second Amendment rights, loss of their uh, property, their guns themselves, having their lives and careers and dreams destroyed. And uh, if any of you are desiring any of what I just said there, I'm going to give you the top 10 ways to achieve that, to uh, have your life ruined and have your dreams destroyed and lose your guns and lose your gun rights. And of course, the other way to look at it is maybe you don't want any of that to happen and you want to be aware of these problems. Let's jump right into it. Number 10 of the top 10 ways to lose your gun rights, the top 10 ways to get in trouble with your gun is to voluntarily register it. Yes, I'm not kidding. There are many states, including New Jersey, that allow for voluntary registration. Now let's examine the first word there. Voluntary. What does that mean? It means it's not required. Folks, when it comes to your guns and the law, if there's anything in the law that is, quote, not required, okay, maybe you need to write this one down. Ready? Don't do it. Right? Why do you not do it? Because if you voluntarily register your guns, now they're aware of your possession of a gun and you've registered it, so now they can target you for confiscation, seizure, and question even how you acquired your firearm. Because part of the registration form is to tell the authorities where you got it and how you got it. So basically, you're now admitting your acquisition which often was unlawful under the state where you're voluntarily registering it. And then they'll use that to prosecute you. And how do I know this? Because of actual cases that I've had. Voluntary registration is voluntary. Leave it at that. And some people say, well, I want to register it because it looks good. Well, even if we take that to extreme like why what are you having to who you have to look good to but let's just say it's your primary self-defense gun and you want it to be registered and so you voluntarily register it i can you know maybe understand the logic but it's not legal it's not the legality of it and since registration isn't mandated in new jersey for example it's irrelevant to your use of it. It's irrelevant to that. So why do it? Uh, but 
I, sometimes I guess if you can get out to the jury that the gun was was registered, that uh, you know somehow that adds a nice flavor to it. But there's nothing legal required, and if it's not required, it's voluntary. Why do it now in New Jersey? For example, when you purchase a handgun, the handgun purchase form is a form of register. So that does that is a registered handgun because of the acquisition that took place in New Jersey. So in that situation, if you are looking for a primary self-defense gun, then go get your permit to purchase, and now you have a great excuse as to why you need to buy another gun, which of course is something we always want to have. And that would be a registered handgun, but it's done via the acquisition and purchase through New Jersey law. And that's the smarter way to do it if for some reason you feel a desire to have registered guns. And I would also advise seriously against registration and oppose schemes of registration because there are four words that adequately describe what, re what registration is about. You see, registration, four words. Number one is legislation, right? That's like how they're going to get it. Number two is the registration. And what comes after that? Well, that's confiscation. And after that is extermination. And that's the pattern you see repeated all throughout history. Legislation, registration, confiscation, and extermination. So let's try to avoid history repeating on us. Number nine. Of the top 10 ways to get in trouble with your gun is to store it improperly. Yes, I have seen many, many different cases that ended up becoming cases because of storage issues. And the storage problem can relate to a second one of our list. Uh, as to how to get in trouble. And when you improperly store a firearm, there may be others that can access it that shouldn't. It may lead to firearms being uh, stolen if they're not stored properly. Also, the other enemy of rust, uh, you know, they say there's often two enemies of, of guns, which, is, which are politicians and rust, okay? So improper storage uh, can also lead to the rust issue and improper caring and then what happens is you need to get your gun uh, gunsmith and you bring it to get gunsmith and that ends up being booked in gunsmithing records in which that leads to when gunsmithing record books are checked of uh, police investigation over the firearm and i've actually had a number of cases that came out of gunsmithing records where the police uh, checked gunsmithing records and compared them to uh, to the uh, records of the individual who they found was uh, prohibited or had other issues against them. So store properly, make sure your guns are cared for, try to avoid anything that leads to it bring attention to yourself or, your, or uh, go into a you know gunsmith when it's unnecessary. These are things that uh, I've seen happen in the practice. Number eight, the top ten, is using your gun for 
something other than as a gun. Now, this is really foolish stuff. And I've had a number of cases where this is what has uh, triggered the police involvement, the police investigation. You say, what, who, how do you use a gun for something other than a gun? Well, if you watch too many Westerns, never use your gun as a hammer. Okay, it's not a hammer. You don't use the butt of your gun to bang in nails and to knock uh, jars loose when opening them or anything like that. Because when you do that, number one, you can damage your gun. And number two, it can lead to an AD, which is another issue. And it can also draw attention to yourself and your gun that is highly unwanted. So don't use your gun as a hammer. Don't use your gun as a noise maker. It's not a pop gun to go pop. You know, don't fire in the sky on a holiday. Don't use it to grab somebody's attention and, you know, fire. Unless it's an absolute, you know, you're in a survival situation. And you're trying to alert rescuers to your position. Okay, maybe that's an exception. But normally, your gun is not a noisemaker. You want a noisemaker? Go get one of those uh, things that, you know, Party City that you blow and goes, Doot! you know, I want to do that? Fine. Don't use your gun for that. Yet these are cases that have created people getting involved in the system, getting in trouble because they've used it in this manner. Also, when it comes to not using your your firearm as something other than a gun, don't use your gun as a prop. Your actual gun is not a prop. People dress up for Halloween parties and other things, and they'll put on a real gun. And then they think they're okay with their actual gun because some magical reason gun laws, uh, they think, don't apply if you're in a costume. No, there's no Halloween or cosplay costume exemption to the unlawful possession of your gun. And you can get in trouble. And clients that I have have done that very stupid thing as well. So you don't want to repeat those mistakes. It can be a big problem and it's maybe something you don't normally think about but i'm going to tell you one other thing number five number five the top 10 ways to get in trouble with your gun is to lose your gun now what does that mean well i'll tell you it, it if you misplace your firearm it can lead to big problems and big trouble for you and I have had many a criminal case initiate because my client lost his gun. Now, and now what do you mean by loss? Well, I'll tell you. One, one client I had went to the range, and he's packing up. And, you know, you're trying to get the ammo boxes in the car. You're trying to get the targets in the car. You're trying to make sure everybody else is in the car or the pickup truck. And if you leave your gun at the range by accident and then drive off and then you realize how much later that you left it there and then what do you do you call the police about losing your and now what now they're in well you left your gun you are not properly caring for your guns you're therefore arguably some threat to public health safety welfare because you're incompetent in your handling of safe with your firearms and they bring a motion to revoke your license or even possibly try to contrive a criminal charge out of it. 
even worse than leaving your gun at the range is not properly securing it in your vehicle. I've had cases where the individual took their gun and they left it on the gate of an open pickup truck or they left it on top of their vehicle. And then they drive out, drive down the road, and at some point, whenever enough vibration, wind pressure, and whatever else gets it to fall off the gate or off the roof, guess what? Your gun is now sitting in the middle of a road somewhere to be found. And on occasion, when I've seen it, it was found by a law-abiding citizen who, when finding a gun, guess what he does? Turns it over to the police. Yeah. He doesn't want some gun that's not his, and that's actually smart. But in turning it over to the police, what does it do? It kicks in the investigation on you and how come you lost the gun and how come you were so careless as to leave it wherever you left it. And that can invoke all kinds of things, including the revocation of your gun licenses. I've also seen the classic over and over again, I might add, in states where you can carry a firearm, when you can carry a handgun. I cannot tell you how many cases I've had where the lost firearm that ended up causing all kinds of trouble was lost because the person went to the bathroom. That's right. Think about the logistics of when you carry your handgun and you have to go to the bathroom. So you walk in and now you got to pull down your pants. Well, what do you do with your gun? Well, you can leave it in your holster in your pants, which on one hand isn't a terrible idea because you're highly unlikely to forget your gun if it's still in the holster on your pants unless you're likely to leave a bathroom without your pants on, okay? So I think you'll be okay there. But lots of times folks take the gun out of the holster before they go to the bathroom. And if you do that and you leave it in the bathroom and you forget about it, then the next person comes in the bathroom is finding the gun and then often that ends up with the police and then you have to explain your carelessness, recklessness of leaving a gun in the bathroom. And this happens a lot because of the logistics of it. It happens a lot. So much so that I thought in carry states, it might be wise to have some kind of wire shelf or wire box of some type right on the, the bathroom door in front of the stall, right? Where, so when you close the door, you actually have a place you can put your handgun in this wire box that you see. So that way, you'll be less likely to forget it because it's right in front of your face as you're putting on your uh, pants. and You can reholster it. And you got to be careful, too, in doing that because when you reholster, you got to make sure you don't get any cloth caught in the gun, anything like that, because you can get an AD in putting your holster, your gun back in a holster in a bathroom. Trust me, a gunshot going off in a bathroom does not help you. And uh, these are the kind of things that can draw unwanted attention. Now, folks will also point out, and they'd be right, 
that when you pull your pants down in the toilet and you keep the gun in your holster, well, where's the gun sitting at that point? Well, the gun is sitting on the ground in your pants in a holster. And there have been occasions where individuals can see that in the next stall over and they can reach over and steal your gun off the floor right out of the holster because you're not they can see the angle down and can see it on your pants so beware when you're in a bathroom that your gun isn't stolen from you because you didn't want to forget it but left it in the holster in your pants that are on the floor even though they're dangling between your legs it doesn't matter these are thefts that can occur so when we come back we'll keep working on our countdown we got more fascinating ways that you can get in trouble with your gun for over 30 years attorney evan knappen has seen what rotten laws do to good people that's why he's dedicated his life to fighting for the rights of america's gun owners a fearsome courtroom litigator fighting for rights, justice, and freedom. An unrelenting gun rights spokesman tearing away at anti-gun propaganda to expose the truth. Author of six best-selling books on gun rights, including Knappen on Gun Law, a bright orange gun law Bible that sits atop the desk of virtually every lawyer, police chief, firearms dealer, and savvy gun owner. That's what made Evan Knappen America's gun lawyer. Gun laws are designed to make you a criminal. Don't become the innocent victim of a vicious anti-gun legal system. This is the guy you want on your side. Keep his name and number in your wallet and hope you never have to use it. But if you live, work, or travel with a firearm, the deck is already stacked against you. You can find him on the web at evannappen.com or follow the link on the Gun Lawyer resource page. Evan Knappen, America's Gun Lawyer. You're listening to Gun Lawyer with attorney Evan Knappen. Available wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I am a lawyer. I am a lawyer. Oh, okay. Hey, uh, we're working on our list of how to get in trouble with a gun, which... uh, I uh, really want you folks to be protected from making these mistakes that I've seen my clients make. And that's really what Gun Lawyer is about. It really goes to the heart of the show. I want you to help keep a fellow gun owner from becoming a law-abiding criminal. Tell them to listen to Gun Lawyer Radio. Visit our website at gun.lawyer. It's like www.gun.lawyer instead of .com. What I'd really love you to take a look at our inner circle on our website at gun.lawyer. Sign up for the Inner Circle. It's free. You'll hear from me. You'll hear about tricks and tips and how to join. It's This is how we can communicate, how I can touch base with you, let you know what's going on. Same with this show. Please have uh, your friends uh, and yourself subscribe to the podcast. This is important. It helps get the word out. It helps us stay in the uh, on the internet in this manner so please subscribe we got all kinds of issues we got executive orders and a matter of fact soon we're going to have the rule proposals coming out we're battling battles uh, there's other news you're going to want to know 
So subscribe, join the inner circle, help me get the word out. And the other thing I'd like to mention to you, because it's very important to me, is when I have something that I love and believe in, I like to tell you about it, and that's Mitch Rosen Gun Leather. Mitch is a friend of mine, personally, and he makes the best holsters in the world, and I am not kidding. You've got to try Mitch Rosen's product, and he doesn't pay me to even talk about it. But he's just a friend, and I love his stuff, and uh, I think you will too. So check out uh, Mitch Rosen Extraordinary Gun Leather. Okay, looking back now, coming to our, our list of how to get in trouble with your gun. Here's a great way to get in trouble, and that's to have an accidental discharge. Now, we've talked about the AD on other shows, uh, and it is led to lots of cases. You want to be extremely careful with your firearms because if you have an accidental discharge, it will cause uh, police involvement and questions as to your competence and whether you were careless or not, and then can lead to criminal charges as well as license revocation. Some of you may know that uh, I visited the James Farm in, you know, Jesse James in Missouri. And while I was there, I saw about Jesse and all his exploits. And one of the things I saw was that he was being called Dingus. I said, what? Who calls Jesse James Dingus? So I asked the curator, one of the folks there, what is this Dingus? And they said, oh, yeah. I said, Jesse had an accidental discharge in front of his men. And he shot two of his fingers off. And since he didn't use profanity at all, even though he was a killer, but he didn't use profanity, after shooting his fingers off, he said, Dingus. Now, if I shot my fingers off, I think I'd say something a little stronger than Dingus. But when he said Dingus, his men, after they finished laughing and falling off their horses, stuck as a nickname. So I use that term when describing <clears throat> anyone that has an accidental discharge. They are a dingus as well. You don't want to be a dingus. You don't want to have an accidental discharge. It can really cost you. Now, let me tell you what else is a big problem. And I have had cases even recently on this. And that is lending your gun to another person. If you want to get in trouble with your gun, there's a great way to do it. Lend your gun. First of all, many states, it's unlawful to lend a gun. In New Jersey, you can't lend a gun except under the most narrow of circumstances. Only at the target range, you have to be in the presence of the person and they have to otherwise be legal and then they could try your gun, but only at the range. Same with hunting. They have, you have to be there. Everyone has to be legal and licensed. Outside of those two narrow things, you can't lend a gun to anyone. Yet, we know it takes place all the time, and <clears throat> if that person who you lend a gun to gets into trouble or has a problem, uh, you're going to end up paying for it. And it can be very serious if they commit, even inadvertently, some type of act. And Just within the last two weeks, I had a fellow call me. He went to visit his significant other. He had been target shooting with his handgun and brought it to the significant other's place, which itself is a problem and a violation. And while there, the significant other accessed the firearm and committed suicide with it. 
So now you're in a position where your gun has been uh, acquired by another and this uh, crime has been committed and you shouldn't even have had it there in the first place and now you have significant criminal and civil ramifications from the whole deal. So do not lend your firearm to anyone unless it's under those most narrow circumstances. You can't just give your gun to somebody who wants to go hunting, say, here, borrow it, have a good time. That's a dumb thing to do. There's a cur of liability. And even if you're in a state where it's legal, you still better consider the liability ramifications for doing that, or you will get in trouble with your gun. Next on our list is transporting your firearm improperly. Many states have laws on how to properly transport your firearm. For the most part, the guns have to be in a case and they have to be unloaded. Also, even under federal law, accessibility cannot be to the passenger compartment. So if you have a trunk, lock it up with the SUV all the way to the back, cover with a blanket as well. Many times individuals are transporting their firearm improperly. And that is what leads to law enforcement involvement. I've had many cases where they're transporting a long arm unloaded and it's just on their back seat. And they get plain view. Well, you guess what? You're getting arrested. You're getting charged. We've had it where they're, they got firearms was cased, but it still had a round in it. Well, it's not unloaded. And because of that, you're transporting improperly. Make sure you follow the rules on the correct transportation of the firearm. If you don't do that, then you will get in trouble. And I know this seems like common sense, and it is common sense. And maybe we even disagree with the law and what it requires for transporting that firearm, but it doesn't matter. You have to obey it, or you can face incredibly serious consequences. And I've had many clients have problems for this very reason. Let's look at number three in our countdown of the top 10 ways to get in trouble with your gun. And this way is, man, all the time, every, you know, every month, at least a few people are getting into trouble because they're, they bring their firearm to a prohibited place. Now, you would think that seems pretty obvious that you don't want to bring a gun to a place where you're not allowed to have a gun. Pretty straightforward. Yet I've had so many cases where individuals have accidentally brought their gun to the airport. You go through that metal detector with a gun, guess what? You're getting arrested. There's going to be civil and criminal problems for your violation of it. Anywhere that you see a metal detector, at a courthouse, for example, you cannot bring a gun there. And if you forget and you bring your gun there, you're going to have the same amount of trouble. I had a case a number of years ago with an individual who was a sail maker, you know, making sails for boats. And he had one handgun and two magazines. And he did not have a lot of money, but he was a hardworking guy. And he put one magazine at his work 
and one magazine at his home, and he would transport between work and home every day his unloaded handgun. And when he got to work, he'd put the mag in there and when and take it out. And when he went, well, he had his unloaded handgun with him, and his father had passed away. And he was all consumed about that, and he had to go to the court to deal with the uh, probate, etc. And he brought his briefcase with the papers, and also in the briefcase, since he was in transit between his home and the office, was his handgun with no magazine. And when he came up to the metal detector at the county courthouse, he realized, oh my God, I have this in my suitcase, in my briefcase. So, what did he do? Well, instead of immediately turning around, going back to the car and securing it, he goes to the officers at the metal detector and announces that he has his gun in his briefcase and asks them if they would hold it for him while he goes into court. So that way he doesn't bring it in and in his logical way of thinking, he didn't want to leave a gun in a car that he wasn't in. And so he thought this was a grand idea. Well, as soon as he mentioned it to the officers who then had his gun, they promptly arrested him and charged him with unlawful possession of the handgun at a courthouse. And uh, it took a lot of work to get him out from under that charge which was a second-degree charge, and it carried up to 10 years in state's prison and a minimum mandatory three and a half years. So that's a great way to get in trouble. Bring your gun to a prohibited place. Never do that. Be careful even transporting your case and unloaded firearms into a prohibited place. I had an airplane case where the fellow had his dog kennel that he was traveling with his hunting dog to go bird hunting with his hunting dog. And in his kennel with the dog, he put his cased, unloaded shotgun in a case with the dog. He didn't realize the dog went through the security screening. They found his gun, not in checked bag, and he was arrested for having the gun in the prohibited place. So beware of prohibited place violation. Number two of our top ten ways to get in trouble with your gun is to use it improperly. You know, when you use your gun, you better know the laws. You better know about use of force and use of deadly force. What constitutes the justification for your use of force? That is what it's called in the law, justification for use of force. If you don't know these things, if you're not aware of when you are justified or not justified in using your gun, then you can easily end up using it improperly. And that's where we see people charged with recklessness with their gun, charged with criminal threatening, charged with all kinds of conduct, even as high as homicide, when they no longer have a defense of justification for use of force or deadly force because they didn't know the law and stick to it. So if you want to lose your rights, you want to get in trouble, 
just use your gun improperly. Matter of fact, New Jersey has a, a law itself called possession for an unlawful purpose. So even though your possession might be lawful, the claim is you had an unlawful purpose, and if that unlawful purpose is simply your improper use of it based on ignorance, you're not going to get real far, and they're very serious charges. And you'll be looking at criminal ravifications as well as civil. So know how to use your gun properly so that you don't end up using it improperly. Now, the number one way that I've experienced in practice of gun law in which I found people get in trouble with their gun is when they cross into states with laws they didn't know. I have had so many cases of individuals from all around the country that come to New Jersey and they're carrying or transporting their firearm in a manner that was legal from where they came from, but not legal at all in New Jersey. And this causes the most amount of heartache and grief. And it's something that New Jersey never talks about. These folks are all victims of gun laws. And by falling into this trap, they're looking at years in state's prison with minimum mandatory sentences. And it's very unforgiving. And it's very scary. And they're talking, and I see these folks that are good people. They get arrested, they get charged, they're facing these serious, horrific, draconian charges. And you know, it, it ruins them. They're, they're racked with grief. One lady recently who had this problem, nice lady, came from Midwest, had her gun with her that she had a license for, didn't know in New Jersey was a problem. She's utterly depressed. She's afraid to go out. She's traumatized by what New Jersey's gun laws have done to her. And we're talking about a person who is otherwise 100% a law-abiding citizen who is licensed from their home state and yet is put through an experience that has human cost. Not just the threat of going to prison, which exists with minimum mandatory, but just the treatment and the absolute fear and anxiety that is placed upon these folks that had no intention of ever breaking the law, but it doesn't matter. And you will never hear the lamestream legacy media talking about this horrible, horrible impact. So you want to get in trouble with your gun? You want to know the number one way to do it? Go into jurisdictions that you don't know the law about and make logical assumptions as to your legality that will be proven to be absolutely baseless in how that state, particularly New Jersey, applies its laws. This is Evan Knappen reminding you that gun laws don't protect honest citizens from criminals. They protect criminals from honest citizens. Gun Lawyer is a Counterthink Media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York.
Reach us by emailing evan at gun.lawyer. The information and opinions in this broadcast do not constitute legal advice. Consult a licensed attorney in your state.